0: And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. Welcome to the Elevating IT Podcast, recorded live on Facebook and YouTube with myself and Frank. <laughs> hey, Frank.
1: Did you crack yourself up there? I do did- Mike.
0: I make myself laugh because <laughs> I, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, that I'm I got to do like a cool podcasting intro, and you know, got to sound professional, and and it comes out of my mouth, and I'm like,
1: really doesn't. You got to get that movie voice down, though. We already talked about this, where you got to get all deep and you know, hello and welcome everybody to the Elevating IT Podcast. I'm Mike Brooks with my co-host and Phenom Frank De Benedetto.
0: Right. <laughs> I just by the way,
1: I could one up you.
0: By the way, I, I don't I didn't send this to you. I gotta send it to you. But somebody called for you. It was a prospecting call looking right. for you. And they hacked your name in like the worst way I've ever heard it hacked. Like I can't even repeat it. Like I'm I'm reading it. I'm like I'm listening to it. I'm thinking, did they even read your last name? I mean, it's not it's not one of the most impossible last names I've ever seen. Right.
1: So let me tell you a real quick funny story about that. Like when I was a kid growing up, it, like the Benedetto was like. Like, what is that? Like, where are you from? And I was like, man, it's, you know, it's such a pain. Like, why can't it just be Smith or something really Mm -hmm. easy? But when you get older and you are subjected, you know, to these, these, whatever, you know, telemarketing calls, whether it's business or just home stuff, it is the easiest way to immediately know that the person (laughs) is trying to sell you something. Because when they botch your name that bad, you you just immediately turn off. I'm like I don't care if the next words are you on the lottery. Like I'm already out the door on that. And um I remember uh, years ago uh I had worked uh uh my cousin worked the same place I did and uh so he would you know he'd poke fun at me for different things but there was a piece of mail, and it literally looked like my last name was spelled or, or pronounced pterodactyl. <laughs> like, like, how can you possibly take Debenedetto and make it like a hundred times worse? M- like, mash it up with pterodactyl somehow? I mean like, it, like, I don't even have an L in my name. But anyway, it was pretty funny. So, I remember when I see him, he calls me. He goes, "What's up, pterodactyl. So, anyhow, not exactly the like the best nickname, but you know.
0: That's pretty funny, but yeah, it's one of those great sales lesson because one of the worst things you can do is mess up somebody's name. Like that's, you know, I, I've gotten into the habit of if I'm not 100% sure, even if I know them, you know, we inter- interviewed Justin Rymuth this yeah. week on, on Facebook live and I just made sure, you know, I know Justin's name, I know how to pronounce it, but I'm like, just in case I'm going to say, Hey, Justin, you know, beforehand I said, I want to make sure I pronounce your name right. Ryan Muth and he goes, Yep, that's
1: it. Good. And yeah, uh, Justin's a great guy. Love that guy. Um, You know, it's funny. My friends, a lot of my friends call me Frank D. Hey, Frank D. And there's not another Frank in our sphere. We have like 30 mics and only one Frank, but I'm still Frank D. And I don't know if it's because like it would be fun to say to Benedetto, but but they just want to shorten it to D because so anyway, Frank D.
0: Frank D yeah the uh, I'll, I'll have to play that for you I'll find that I, I should almost play it on I wish I like I played on the call it's just a great way like and and this person like just said it really slow they were sounding it out and it's like you didn't even practice that before you you almost when they got through it it took them so long to get through it you would think they would just stop and themselves and go you know what I'm sorry man I botched this recording I totally hacked your name I'm an idiot yeah if you want to tell me what kind of an idiot I am, call me, but I'm so sorry. Like, but no, I think, keep going. I
1: think it's the E's. You like, I'm looking at my name on the screen right now and it's all the E's that get you nervous. Like E's detail, detail. Yeah. And you just you get you kind of get paralyzed, the E's, and then you then there's an O and then you're like, Oh man, like what do we do?
0: Yeah, where do we start? <laughs> I've seen some hard names pronounced. Yours is not exactly you can sound out that name pretty you know. I think so. anyway anyway yeah as far as the um radio voice thing goes it's you know what we got to do is What's i that? need a soundboard i need, I need a soundboard so i was listening to uh our friend dan Tomaszewski from id agent and he was recording he he has a video they have a video on their on their site that, that he recorded and i was listening to it i'm like it didn't even sound like him. it sounded so professional and and really well done i was like dan that's that i couldn't believe that was you he goes yeah i got this great New new podcasting board. Oh, wow, it it made him. It really produced yeah. the sound.
1: Need well. a that uh, he, he uh, posted one time, and it looks like he's got a pretty um, professional setup. I guess it's his house,
0: yeah. but
1: uh, it looked like he uh, had invested, uh, you know, nicely in and all that stuff. So he confirm.
0: did indeed. So I told him I'm going to talk you into buying it for me.
1: Yeah, get you one of those big microphones the size of your head.
0: Exactly. I got a pretty big microphone. It's, it's a pretty big, uh, yeah, it is, but anyway, all right. So today our topic is something important.
1: Um, you don't have I a lot think- of enthusiasm today, Mike. I gotta, I gotta tell you, like, I kind of want to, like, I want to, if I was there, like, I'd give you like a shake. Like, come on, you don't man. You not think
0: I'm enthusiastic enough? Like, not right
1: now. No, you kind of just sound like, uh, you know, something's important. Like, I, you know, like, like taxes are important, right? It's not like fun. You know, there you go. See, now you're smiling a little bit. See, it always takes me a little while to get you kind of. It's kinda Friday, man.
0: It's two o'clock on a Friday. i If you pretty had
1: hair and up? I was there, I yeah. would, yeah. I would do the, I would, get, I would like, go, come on, let's get, We're let's there. wake up. There you go. See, now you perk it up a little. Now, now, let's use this as a running start. guy
0: All right. Thanks. Thanks, boss.
1: There you go. <laughs> <Good one. laughs> See, you're smiling now.
0: All right. So, there's, there's a cool story to illustrate the the topic that I want to lean into, to lead into the topic with this story. It's from a book that I read. It's, a, it's an old story um, from early in our country's history when we used to use steamboats, used to be used pre railroads, right? They used to run things up and down the Mississippi River, right? Like that's how you got goods from point A to point B. And the railroads came in and wanted to build a bridge in the middle of the country, somewhere in Illinois, I think, over the Mississippi. And the steamboat company was like, there's no way we're going to let this happen. They're going to take our business. And the case, the, the person who was representing the steamboat companies talked for like two hours, it had the whole courtroom like riveted to what he was saying, going on and on in, in defense of the steamboat company. And the rail, you know, this is a long, like a two, hour, two hour speech or two hour presentation. And the lawyer for the, the railroads came in and basically just said, listen, this is a case, this simple case, are the rights of the people who want to travel north and south on the river greater than the, the rights of the people that want to travel east to west? I do not think that is the case. Equal rights type thing, right? And it was that was it. He said that, sat down, and he won the case. And the reason he won the case was... Brevity, right? Yeah, it's just one of gazillion types of examples that we can give. And do you know who that lawyer was representing the railroads? It was Abraham Lincoln. Wow. So, just one of the many amazing speeches that that man gave in his career. And uh, brevity was, was a key to that. And, and you know we've talked about this before you know in sales the, the more you talk the more you have an opportunity to really talk yourself out of the sale mm-hmm. so one of the cool things about what audit does is it helps you the msp be more brief in what you're going to talk about not talk so much so i wanted to make that our topic this week and, and examine that a little bit so what do you think what's your opinion
1: absolutely i mean brevity i think and simplicity sort of go hand in hand right because i think the uh the less you simplify the more you have to explain because it gets complex right and then you just start losing people
0: yeah longer it takes exactly longer it takes to explain something the harder and more technical it is to explain something the more You have to, and you you may not have a choice, right? Because they ask you to explain it because they don't understand it.
1: Yep. And you know what I found? So in the earlier days of, of doing this, let's say 15 years ago, I don't know, you know, be that early. Um, there were people who you, you could be a lay, I'll call a lay person, like not an expert in IT and you could figure things out. Like you could go, yeah, you know, I, I was able to run my own cables or yeah, I plugged it in and. You know, I got my email to work or something and it was it was simple. The, the stakes were not quite as high um, if you did it wrong. You know, probably the worst thing you could do is maybe, you know, mess up the backup, maybe not change the tape. But if you think about how complex the world of IT has gotten today with all the cybersecurity things, there's so much that you can't see and all these vendors are now competing with one another for software and things that your end customer can't ever really see or feel so they don't understand the benefits of that and so it's it's complicated because trying to sell something to somebody that they can't touch and feel and consume you know it's not like a a steak or 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 an ice cream cone or something that you like you get this immediate gratification you have to have trust and faith in your it company and I think a lot of the IT companies do struggle in showing the value. And so in order to, uh, in their mind, overcome that hurdle, the brevity and the simplicity go out the window and they start to get real long-winded and complex to try to prove their point. So it's almost like everything that you, you have that, uh, you know, that you may need to sell becomes like another lesson in i.t and i just don't think that uh you know that many of the business owners maybe you'll get a uh an office manager or somebody downstream that will politely listen to you and maybe even be interested in that but my experience has been if you get the decision maker in the room that's the last thing that you want to do to them is subject them to some long-winded dissertation on and then repeat like you know 27 times you're just going to wear them out and they're going to run for the hills or they're just going to flip to the last page and see what the price is, right? They're never going to listen to you. So um, I agree uh, 100% that uh, keeping it simple and short and doing more listening and talking is, uh, is definitely very important during the discovery phase. Because it also gives the, the customer the sense that you're listening to them and you are, are understanding their problems and now you become the solution because they they know there is a defined problem, they know you understand the problem. Now they want to know how you're going to solve it and that is what makes your solution valuable.
0: Yeah, you, you, and you know where I first learned that lesson was God, it's going back like almost 20 years or maybe 20 years. Um, my when I ran a martial arts school, I was my what I was doing is selling. And, and, you know, the funny thing about this is, is the whole my whole experience running a martial arts school is why I really got audit when I saw it. And maybe this will illustrate it a little bit. Um, it's actually a similar ish sales process, albeit not as technical. But but the argument here is, is that anything somebody doesn't know about has a technical element to it. Right. You have an opportunity to confuse somebody with your technical explanation of the things that you know about, whether it's in a technical field or not. But martial arts was foreign to a parent and a child in, until they just immersed themselves in that world. Right. Like I could have gone down a rabbit hole with them, uh, but very similar process. They would come in for an appointment. We would start with questions, trying to understand what the parent wanted to get out of it, what the kid wanted to get out of it. Or the parent, you know, or or the adult student, Um, and then we would do an introductory lesson, and then they would come back for a second lesson, which was the close, right? They would test and earn their first belt, their white belt. They would earn it on the second lesson. I would present our solution, our our enrollment process, and enroll them. And my close rate was terrible, and I went through a process with business coach and learn, you know, trying to get help to make the process work. And so I had things fairly dialed in. And I still was only closing maybe one out of 10 people into the program. It was very, very hard. And I made a change that totally transformed everything. I took the belts and I put took, took four belts and put them up on the left wall, four belts and put them up on the on the wall facing us. And then one belt, the black belt on the other wall. So it went like around, it, looped around the room. And, and what I did is at the end, because the, the big question that people used to ask was about the belts during the close. And it would take everything off the, off the rails for us. It would, they would get confused. They wouldn't understand it. So when I put the belts up on the wall, I would, answer, I would not answer the question, but I would bring the thing up before they brought it up and made it part of my clothes. I would say, so over here you have these four belts. You're starting at white belt and you're going to earn these four belts in the first year. In the second year, you're going to earn those four belts. And then in your third year, you're going to work towards earning your black belt. So it takes three years to get to black belt. Now, the way I explained it visually, they completely understood it immediately. There was no question. And what ended up happening is in the mind of the parent, they were thinking, oh, my God, he's going to ask me to sign up my six-year-old son for three years of martial arts because I put that point of reference in their mind. And then what I would do is I would say, but... We're only going to have you sign up for a year. It's going to cost this much, and boom, I would sell. And I closed probably eight out of 10 people that came into that room after that. That one thing, and think about how that relates to audit, right? Simple, visual, price anchor, which we do with our effective IT expense, and yep. it, it just so transformative.
1: Yeah, that's the. Uh Anything you can do to make it easier for the customer say yes. And what I found was in our um, industry, I think that the default simple and, uh, and, and uh, short presentation ends up being the proposal, right?
0: Right, that's the but, wrong thing. Yeah,
1: because nobody knows how to package all this stuff up. So the MSP understands Everything, they've got a solution. Ultimately, that's what you're trying to sell in your mind. So you wind up with the showing the showing the proposal and you run through it because you think, oh, it's simple. It's just a line item with a, you know, here's the the quantity and here's the the, the cost, and then here's the incremental and then it totals up to this. And that's the worst thing you could do because although that does appear simple and it, it does seem like it's easy to to, to run through, the worst thing because they don't understand what where where the value is they don't understand where they are today there's it's hard for them to compare that and the only thing you know that they understand really on that is the is the number on the last page and uh if you're not the cheapest guy you know many times you lose the deal uh when i did that i used to lose the deal a lot um unless i would uh lower the price which was you know the kiss of death in in managed services because then you can't afford to uh, deliver the services that you've promised the customer but you know we try to um you know uh, you know use the audit report now to show that value so i don't even i don't even take out the proposal anymore you know i just give them the number and if uh, if that number works and they see the value then we're going to move forward and the proposal is just really me just taking the, the formal order you know and just kind of signing it so that's really where we're at
0: Yeah, and I, um, you know, as I talk to MSPs, and and I talk to a lot of MSPs, obviously to who are thinking of using audits, and and one of the things where where you know you can tell the folks who really like to get too deep into the technicals and talk more than they probably should, and confuse they want to confuse the process, right? You have a visitor there, I see.
1: Yeah, this is my cat and he's uh he's he's determined to get on my lap here. I'm trying to keep him off and he's he's meowing and chirping at me like that's all out. right.
0: all like, right. that's like, what so. this is uh you know, back in the old days we would keep the cat, you know, we would always oh, lock the door and we would make the family watch the cat. Now it's like nobody cares anymore. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, people are, people are, it's that new
1: seem real, right? Yeah. I, well, I have these like French doors here, and it's funny because I have to leave it cracked open because if I lock him out, you know, cats go crazy when like they can't get to like right. what they want to. So I leave it cracked, and uh, you know, it came in like, you know, like what's going on? You know, like I should I should be here, and uh, and now he's uh, he's in my oh, lap. Yeah, yeah, bring him on,
0: show him off. Yeah, show, show him off. My okay, buddy, get him up and get him up on camera. Whatever you want to see him? All right, hey. let's say hi. Is, uh, he's a big is a cat. Big
1: Caspian. Look over here.
0: Show the paws. Yeah. you got to show he's the paws.
1: A, yeah, he's got these big these big mitts. Um, he's polydactyl. He's actually a pixie bob from Seattle area. Um, he's bred to look like a bobcat. And I flew out there uh, a couple years ago, and I got him from a breeder, and I flew home. He just jumped down. Far he, he, I flew home with him, and uh, he's about three now. He's a good cat, though. It's fun. Awesome. So what I was I, saying is I don't have to walk them either. He, uh, you know. oh, yeah, that's a,
0: as I was like I'm watching my wife walking the dog out the side window here, yeah, watching the dog
1: eat the wall, and <laughs>
0: uh-huh. our dog tries to eat the floor. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, dogs are so stupid. Um, she, I like anyway,
1: laugh, but cats are easier. Anyway, let's move on.
0: Yeah. So going back to to the discussion that I had, I've had, um, and I wanted. Want you to talk about this? Is is um, some MSPs they 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 look at the audit. They go, well, that's okay. I get it. You know, go through this report. But then, what about all the all the the things that they have to do? You know, they like they 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 have to buy this piece of equipment, or what about you know what about the projects? Or it's going to take a year to get all the way to that hundred score. We're going to do all these things. When should we when should we insert that into the conversation?
1: So I think, again, it starts with the discovery, right? You should you should have clearly defined the problem for the for the client and you should you understand the problem. Um, I think that you you should know at that point what the priorities are. You know, if the client says to you, listen, I don't want to replace all my workstations this year. But I know that they're, you know, out of warranty, and and we do need to upgrade them. Then you're certainly not going to come in with that on the, you know, as part of the proposal on the project. But you're not going to get a green box under managed workstations on on my audit, right? It's going to be red or yellow, despite the fact that we talked about it. So we're going to keep that on the on the target there. So really um you know part of it is what they think they want and part of it is what you need to explain what they need right so typically that whatever the upfront project is whether it includes hardware or software is a combination of understanding their needs and problems and then explaining what it's going to take to get them there Uh, my experience as an msp is, is that most of the time the prospect is not going to say no to you because of the uh, project, right? They're going to say no because of the monthly, right? The recurring. And that's usually where you have to show where the value is. Um, Most of the, you know, the prospects are okay with spending the money up front to, you know, to buy the, you know, the new firewall or, or, or roll out the new antivirus or something. So the way I do it is I want to clear the hurdle of what I know the sticking point is going to be, which is the monthly, because that's going to go on for you know, 12, 24, 36 months, depends on the length of the agreement. If I have my way, it's usually 36. So I don't want to talk about all the hardware and you know the stuff that we're going to put in upfront, unless we have a yes on the monthly, right? So that's how I approach it. If, if my solution is $4,000 a month, I don't want to get caught up in you know, the, the upfront project, which might be you know 10 or eight grand or something before I know that they're willing to commit to spend the $4,000 a month. And then do it for two reasons. Number one, that's the bigger hurdle, right? And that's really what I'm in business for is the MRR. And two is I don't want to give them the impression that we can do the project and we just won't do the monthly piece, right? Cause I don't take those clients on, right? So if they're like, well, you know, we're not interested in, in having you you know, help us you know, be proactive and and have you, you know, be profitable at this, but we'd love to have you, you know, install all this stuff. Uh, Just have someone else do it and I'm not giving you the proposal. So what you're not going to be able to do either is, is take my proposal, give it to the next MSP who will say, sure, I'll do the project with no MRR. And then they just sell it to you for a dollar less. So I'm not doing it at all. When we get to my proposal, if they say, "Yeah, let's do this," then I say, "Okay, let me run through this with you because there is an upfront, you know, piece to remediate." And I've never had anybody say, "Oh, wait a minute, like I didn't know about that, right?" Um, and then we just run through it. And and really, that's just a means to an end. I don't really even at that point get all that detailed. I'm certainly going to say, "Yeah, we're going to we're going to put in a firewall on the switch," but I I don't need to to start reading on the tech specs on the you know the power over ethernet switch you're you're gonna get it and somewhere along the line that's going to be reflected in your audit in the future state and so it's really as easy as that um i saw somebody put a quote up uh, actually i'll give him credit chris chris weiser put a quote and I, i think he said some of the best advice is to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, then your, your prospect won't believe in you either, you know? And so I think that a lot of the reasons why the MSP may not be as successful in selling is because they don't believe in their own sales process, right? So if you don't believe it, how could your prospect believe it and say yes to you? So I, I thought that was a really interesting quote uh, that Chris had tossed out there. And uh, I, I think it's you know accurate and it applies to you know what we're discussing right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think some of it comes down to I mean, it, it, there's a lot of different that's excellent and there's a, there's other things to it. You know, there's a bunch of things to it and some I think some things may affect other You know, different MSPs. One of the things I noticed is that um, I think people overthink it and try and overcomplicate it and they don't realize or they, they just can't get around the idea that that their customers is not going to be receptive to it. You know, a conversation I had the other day was. Um, you know, from somebody who didn't want to use audit and, and they, they decided to try, they tried it in a trial and they quit after a couple days. And I looked at it. They never actually even completed an audit. They just looked at it right, and left. How it, right? would you
1: know that it doesn't work?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I said, I said, you know, Hey, I noticed you didn't do an audit. Can I answer any questions for you before you you, you close the door on it? And they said, well, you know, our, our clients want a more comprehensive technical report. And I said, Oh, did they ask you for that? And he goes, well, no, but, you know, this is what we do. And it's, you know, they, they like the comprehensive details. i like, have you asked them? Well, no, but we know our clients. Yeah, but have your clients ever actually asked you, have they ever asked you for, for something comprehensive and technical? Or are you assuming that for your client? And then the conversation was ended with, well, why don't you try an audit, put one in front of them, and see if they like it. Because you can always get more detailed from an audit. You can always go further. If they go, well, where's the technical stuff? Where's the details? I want to go over the technical. You can always pull that out, but you can never unconfuse somebody. And that's, that, that,
1: you know, that's- I would would disagree that you're, you know, I've never had a, a client or a prospect say to me, you know, we really wish you had a, a a deeper level of detail that we could go through. I mean, I I would say it's exactly the opposite. You know, your prospect may not be telling you, but they're signaling to you that they want it to be simpler. And they're signaling it to you when they when they roll when they lean back, they signal it to you when you have a hard time scheduling a business review and they're ducking you, right? Because you're you're putting them to sleep. And we hear that from a lot of MSPs, like they're looking for software to make it easier to get an appointment with their own client to to meet with them. (laughs) And, you know, the damage has been done at that point. And the only way to undo it is to eventually get the appointment, come in and be simple. Now, I understand that, you know, if you're doing co-managed IT and you have somebody on the inside who is more technical, understands this stuff. I understand in those situations, definitely coming in with more of the backup material. But even in those situations i would argue is you need a you need to roll this up to some kind of summary that's easy to understand right because even that person who understands tech doesn't want to have to now go through your 400 pages of stuff to find out what the bottom line is right it would be nice to 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 do the summary for them and then put that underneath and you know one of the conversations um you know that, that we had um, around co-managed it was that you're helping that it person look better, right? The internal guy. So you're not trying to steal his job away. What you're doing is say, Hey, let me, let me help you do your job easier and look really good to the people who you report to, which is typically the business owners. Right. And so a report like this is easy for them to communicate with their boss, right? Where they say, Hey, and they can take all the credit they want. Hey, you know, look what I did. You know, look at all the green here. We're at a 90, 94. doesn't matter as long as, you know, they stay your client, let, let the person, you know, the inside guy, you know, have some of that, uh, of that glory and, and, and let them show. And the business owner will appreciate the simplicity. Right. Sure. So sure. I, I think this works in any way, but you, you bring up a good point. I mean, we all do this, right. There's been many times where I, have either bought something or, or maybe didn't buy it, and I, I prejudged it and made a decision, and didn't use it. And uh, you know what? I don't, I, I don't know, like what could have been, because I didn't buy or use the product, right? Sometimes we learn our lesson. I mean, you and I both know that um, we have a fair share of people who call us at like midnight. Who want to know if we can quickly turn their uh, trial back on, or 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 maybe they you know they quit and they want to know can we can we can we let them use the system because they have a big audit the next day and uh, I always uh, you know I mean we're we're pretty we're pretty accommodating and we usually you know try to take care of people no matter what but I always think like it's interesting like why would you have gotten rid of it if if you felt that strongly like that you needed it right then and there you know it kind of signals to me that. One, you're just not doing uh, enough presentations. So maybe you're not selling as much or enough and or you're not doing business reviews and that you ended up needing it because you know it happened, probably the client demanded you show them like what you're doing for them and you're scrambling now because you're worried they're gonna fire you and you're trying to show value. And guess what shows the value, the audit report. It's not a good time to do it you know, when the client like asks for it, right? But um, it works really well. Um, so far, you know, it, we're so far past the initial proof of concept that you know there was a time where I was like, "Is this just my crazy idea and this works?" And then the more and more testimonials we got, and uh, just seeing that excitement, and even sometimes surprise on the face of the MSP telling you how they closed the deal, I and mean, that's so rewarding. Uh, you know, I'm sure you, you find it rewarding too, but I particularly find it rewarding, and it's validation that. This is working. And I know we always focus on the MSP, but I always think one step further again, tying it back to elevating IT, right? I always think about the businesses that are going to benefit now from that MSP selling those proper products and services, right? They're the real beneficiaries and we never hear from them. And I know you and I talk about that. It'd be so cool to get the feedback from the business owners that said yes. And, and say like, why, why did you say yes? And we know, cause we, I've gotten that feedback. It's just, you can't bring a camera in there, but right, many right. times they tell you, man, nobody's ever uh, presented this way to us before. Like you make it so easy and simple. And, and even though it's not, it's not cheap, we feel really good and confident in going with you and your solution. And, um, you know, that's the kind of feedback I think that you hear If you, if you keep it simple, um, you you understand that brevity is really important to that process. And you follow a process, right? That's, that's what this whole thing is about, is this is a simple system that works really well. And you just keep repeating, right? You pour, uh, you pour leads in at the top of that funnel. You follow the process. You're going to make sales, the right sales for the right price. And then, um, then you use it during account management, right, to continue to sell. Um, I actually had a call with the guys from um, ThreatLocker yesterday, <clears throat> follow up call. And uh, they thanked us because uh, I guess we, we, we had mentioned them on our last call and they, uh, they had tuned in. Uh, but I, we rolled ThreatLocker out. We now have it in learning mode on our entire base of clients. And one of the key things that uh, got brought up was that I already built for it. So uh, on October 1st, we we added um, you know uh, a couple dollars to manage workstation to cover the cost of this you know how many of my clients complain that we added it i'm
0: getting 0 guess 0
1: zero and uh, i was explaining to um, to the guys over uh, at threat locker the sales guy nick i said the, you know can you imagine if um, 6 months from now one of my clients had had a problem and i said yeah you know we have this we had threat locker but I just, I just couldn't get to you. You know, you were at the end of my list and we were rolling this out. Had you had ThreatLocker, you would, you would not have had this problem. Right. And, and so I just didn't get a chance to, to, to sell it to you. And by the way, it would have cost you 80 bucks a month. I mean, the client would ring my neck twice, right? And they, like once for not having gotten to them, even put it in place and assuming that they wouldn't have spent the extra $80. And two, for the fact that they, they have a problem, right? So uh, you know, he he just said, well, "I love your I love your um, your attitude and perspective on this." So I said, "Well, you know, I I told them up front. The only way I I, I sell these incremental things is it's got to go to my entire base of clients because I'm not going to leave one client." Unprotected, that's going to be the client we have the problem with. And that's going to take all of our time and energy when it happens. And, you know, it's going to happen on a Sunday night and it's going to be a holiday. And one of my guys will be on vacation. That You know, it's never a good timing. So, yeah, um, yeah. and possible anyway. liability. Yeah.
0: Like, what if it's, what if it's a situation that really screws them up and they're, they're thinking, well, why didn't you do that? You should have done that. You promised to do that. Yeah. Now we're going to sue you.
1: Yeah. I'd rather, again, we talk about maybe it's, maybe it falls under the, uh, you know, beg for forgiveness rather than ask permission kind of thing. But what I will do in, in the next review is there's going to be that box application whitelisting and data control. It's going to be green. And I'm going to point out to them and say, this is new. We already rolled this out. To you have this. Oh, that's great. Thank God. Right. You know? And so for me, that's how, you know, we, we treat our clients and attitude. Now, again, I know you can't just, you can't just go in there and, Say, hey, I added something that's $1,000 a month, thought you'd like it, right? I mean, there is a threshold there. But when we're talking, you know, some of these incremental increases, I know kind of where that threshold is with my clients. And the alternative conversation is, is terrible one, which is, sorry, I just didn't get a chance to pitch you on it. And, you know, so because you didn't say yes, because I didn't tell you about it, uh, you, you didn't have that protection. But, hey, my other clients do. Right. So. <laughs>
0: Well, great way well, to, anyways,
1: wrap to wrap up the wrap week, up the week Frank, Frank, and get Frank. on with the weekend. Absolutely. So thank How's you. How's the weather up there? Is a nice day in Connecticut? It's – I don't know. I haven't been outside. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> Looks nice. It's a sunny I, day.
1: Yeah, the, the sun is starting to uh, to come in that window. It's as it goes down uh, in about mid-afternoon here, about 3 p.m., it starts to get me. But – uh yeah, I closed the pool uh, this week, and, you know, it's always sad when the cover goes on. But the weather's right. been pretty nice, though, and I kind of feel like maybe I should have left It's it. supposed
0: to be 70 degrees tomorrow, yeah. so I'll take it. Anything above 50 at this point, I'm happy with.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. so far so good. Hopefully, uh, you know, that we don't end up with snow in, uh, you know, in a week. So we'll see. Right.
0: Well, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode.